I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. And welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit in front of microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. This is episode number 189, even though I tried to fight with Jordan about which number it was. <laughs> Just trying to erase Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast from her memory. Apparently. Never happened. This is 188. I saw someone comment that they were like, I really... <laughs> I really liked. Oh, they were excited about it. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh. yeah, that was that was Megan. Yeah, I was like, oh. Sometimes Megan. you see those, and it's like, <laughs> please don't listen to the episode. <laughs> sorry, Megan. Yeah, we don't have to like it. We're happy you like it, Megan. We're happy yeah, it makes you happy. Yeah, happy. We're happy it makes you happy. You know what else might make you happy? Hmm. Listening to the other 180-ish episodes of the show. If you want to verify how many episodes there actually are. You can go to soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod, have a looky-loo, that's where the show lives, yeah. or, I mean, too much work, we get it, you just, wherever you get your audio content, hit subscribe, Yeah. look us up, give us a follow, hit the little plus sign, Yeah. and then you know what happens? What happens? You know what happens, Kate? What? You're going to hear that. Yeah. Followed by this. <laughs> because magically, new episodes of the Geek Down Podcast are getting smacked into your device. Wirelessly. Yeah. Every week. Do you want to know that I actually did know that? You want to know how I know that? How did you know that? Because senior correspondent Chris just went to his phone, the Geek Down podcast, and I found it. Amazing. You can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. We're not going to say what he actually said because every device in my house will go off. So, <laughs> Yeah, I know that. If you want to let Caitlin know whether she was right or wrong on the actual number of episodes this program has produced in its long and storied career, you can do that on any of our socials, primarily Twitter. Get above Twitter. You can go to Facebook, whatever. I mean, we're there. I'm actually mostly not there anymore. What? 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 I I think I mentioned that I was going to remove it from my phone. Yes, and I like did. the app itself, or yeah. oh, I haven't had so, the app on my on any device in forever. Okay, all right. It, no, not even for that. Not even like that. I don't know. on Android, especially but on Apple as well. Easier to control on Android, perhaps. The fucking Facebook app. Yeah. Is the monster of all apps. It's like true. it just fucking eats every resource on your phone. I yeah. don't understand why. But it does. And you are the app for my grandma. So you don't get to take up that much space on my phone anymore. But I took everything off. Like, I had Twitter on there, and I'd sort of been going to it more frequently. Never on Instagram, but every so often I'd, like, take a look at somebody's pictures. Um, It's all gone. Um, And it's definitely – I don't mind. Like, I thought I'd get really anxious about it, and I don't. If I have to go to it on my phone, I just go to the Facebook website. Yeah, ever since I got a, like, smaller – sized phone mm-hmm. i've just i just go to the website there's nothing you need facebook for that you can't do on the website keep messenger on your uh yeah um I as a standalone but i can say on like when i do stuff on desktop so sometimes on my lunch at work i'll look on facebook cannot stand that it is not chronological that's getting worse well they've all been like that for ever. i know but when it was on the app because i was seeing things more frequently i could i keep <laughs> up constantly swiping yeah. swiping that refresh but now it's just a fucking me- you know what it is it's because i'm organized i like things to be organized and organized in a particular way so that it's easy to get at information oh friends we're going to talk about organization a little later <laughs> if you want to donate to this endeavor financially help caitlin find some interests and hobbies that aren't watching to, social media every day or, all day or trying to organize things <laughs> 
patreon.com slash geekdownpod. You get bonuses. You get little things. Yeah. Got, y'all got a playlist this week, a.k.a. Grandpa Finally Understands Tame Impala. See, I say, I just, I just want to point out, I say when I do playlists, yeah. they always come with something. Yeah. It's always like a little essay or a little blog or something that goes up. with it. I don't, I don't just, I don't just throw it out there. Things are selected for you for a reason. Yeah. We do it because we care and we love you and we thank you. We do. And we do. And we do. If you don't care about our love and you just want to throw us money, we appreciate that too. Yeah. We're not going to say no to monetary evaluation. Who would do that? We're not buffoons. No. I mean. In that regard. Well, sometimes. That's why you, go, you listen to the show. <laughs> it's why you're here. You can go to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, ko-fi.com. Three bucks. Three bucks. You can do three bucks or you can do more if you want, but just one time. You one time. You don't have to commit to anything. After you throw us those three bucks, maybe a week from now, you're like, you know what? This is a really good episode this week. I'm going to give them another three bucks. Yeah. You can do that. We appreciate it. And we definitely have a Pavlovian response. <laughs> Exploding each other's <laughs> Facebook Messenger whenever we get... Well, yeah, and somebody the, buys us coffee. The idea of someone throws us somebody when we do a good episode, we'll do an episode like that next time. There you go. <laughs> if you like something in particular, you can mention it, and we'll do it again. Are you disappointed with the, the leveling off of quality of the Geekdown podcast? There is never a leveling it, off of the quality. Put it where your mouth is, suckers. So, shouts to your girl for coming in today. Yay! I have a tiny dinosaur in my uterus, he's and just, it wants to explode out and eat you all. Tearing it up right now. Oh yeah. Yeah, is it weird that I have a male dinosaur in my uterus? Maybe. Maybe. Is it weird that I sometimes think of my ovaries as making knitted garments out of endometrial tissue? There's just a little, there's a little flea market going on in there every so often. Yeah. Do you need a cozy for your ovary? I got you covered. Ovary cozies. Yeah. So is there money to be made there? Um, so thank her for coming in. We did get some feedback for you last week. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. No, no. you're not on Twitter anymore, so you, you didn't see it. No. Uh, number one most beloved fan in the world. Yes. Uh, Kira from Australia. Yeah. Let me know that uh, the secret origins of you and secret cor- and see, see, secret correspondent, <laughs> the secret origins of you and senior correspondent were like reading 200 chapters in a book to finally get <laughs> some important backstory <laughs> about one of the central characters. Really? Yes. Okay. Initially, I think she deleted it because I got two notifications and one was just like, context, in like <laughs> giant capital letters. And then she actually, you know, used her words. Right. Right. Well, we still got surprises for you, Kira, yeah. after 188 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there is some news to get to. Okay. Because we were off last week. That's right. Some things happened. But we need to talk about the fact that we will recall. Mm-hmm. We talked about some trip planning last week. Yes. And friends, this is going to be like, in increasing increments, mm-hmm. a travel preparation pod. Right. As <laughs> From now till like May. Just as a warning. Yeah. If you've ever go, wanted to travel to Japan, here, here you go. 20%, 30%. Yeah. This will just be a whole block. Like when, when you know, we're at like episode 400 and people are like, I want to listen to the Geek Down, but I don't, where should I start? It's going to be like, you need this segment. Yeah. Where Jordan finally goes to Japan. Yeah. Just take that block out yeah. and give it to people. Because we will recall. And previously, I was very concerned about the length of my layover. Yes. Is Fatty going to be able to hustle it from one plane to the next? He had yeah. an hour to get yeah. it there. And everybody was like, yeah, you'll, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's totally, totally cool with it now, Kate. Okay. I went to just, because uh, somebody had suggested going to see if like maybe like the terminals and the gates have been updated right. on American Airlines. Right. Maybe that's all been, all been done and I can like check out a map of the Dallas airport or something and really see the distance I have to go. Right. So I go and I put in my little confirmation number on American Airlines, and all the times are different. And how did that work out? 
way better. That's good. I was leaving at 7 a.m. for a one-hour layover. Yep. Um, to get to Japan around 2 p.m. the next day. Right. Scare quotes. Yeah. I was moving west. Um, now I leave an hour earlier. Right. I played out of Toronto. It's like 6.30. And I have a two-hour layover in Dallas. So I'm going to just be cruising. Right. Give myself a taco or something. Excellent. Maybe not. Maybe not. eat tacos before the plane. No, you don't. Slide on through. Get to Tokyo like an hour later. Hoopity do. Yeah. My flight back was initially from Tokyo at 10 a.m. with a 11-hour layover right. in Dallas. That's a lot. It was a lot. I'm sure I would have been fine. Yeah. I'm sure I just would have slept and tied my belongings to my waist and, <laughs> and just been cool. Um, but now that flight got pushed back to like... 6 p.m. Japan time? Yeah. So I have, like, a whole extra, like, morning slash... Like, I'd be at the Airbnb at 11, I think. Yeah. But, you know, they got coin lockers in every subway station. I can throw my shit in the locker and have a nice little lunch and coffee and... Be nice. Process, nice process the two... Yeah, have a nice little leisurely goodbye to yeah. the city I will probably be moving back to <laughs> the, following, the following year. I came in, he was watching a video about, like, <laughs> what you need to do if you move to Japan. And I was like, God damn it. You, know, you want to move to Japan, be Japanese. It'll be the easiest. Yeah. Be the easiest thing. No, girl, I got to like fucking, I got to get my language up. I've been thinking about that too when I get back. Hmm. I'm going to like really go for language. Yeah. Because they have like a fucking like proficiency test. Like right. it means nothing. But if you ever want to like do anything in Japan, you'd be like, I have JLPT 124. Hmm. Respect. Respect. Anyway. So that's all taken care of. And I basically get back to Toronto like an hour later because the layover was so long. It doesn't matter that my flight is leaving like eight hours later. Right. I'm still, my layover in Dallas has been cut down to like four hours, I think. And I get back to Toronto an hour later than I originally would have. Nice of them to tell me. They don't do that. Had to find that out myself. No, Hopper did. I got an email from Hopper last night saying, hey, all this shit changed. If you don't let us know within 72 hours that this is cool, Mm -hmm. because if it ain't, then maybe fucked. I'm like, it'll be cool no matter what. It's cool. It will be cool. So I'm like super relaxed about the traveling now. And now my only anxiety is just the idea of being on the other side of the planet alone with no one I know. Hey, you were like, I'm going to go alone. And I was like, okay. With a rudimentary knowledge. Because none of you motherfuckers have any money. Yeah. I know that. I'm getting married. I don't blame any of you for not having any money, but like... Want to go before I die? And also, you said you wanted to go before the Olympics because the Olympics yeah, will just like destroy. Yeah, I did. For That's a true. Years. I did want to go before the Olympics. Um, yeah, with a rudimentary knowledge of the language. So yeah, that's chill. It's you'll be fine. You'll get into a groove. First couple of days, you'll be like, uh, and then you'll be like, oh wait, no, I recognize that. I will be like, Corner. hello, Reddit. Is anyone here? Can I use you as an emergency <laughs> contact? <laughs> If I fall and break my leg in the Airbnb? I'm sure someone will be like, yeah, cool. You should see if you can meet up with people. Ooh, meeting up with strangers in a strange city. That sounds like fun. I don't Wow. I don't have a sexy. I don't have a sexy drop. Oh, no. Why don't I have a sexy that drop? That wasn't a sexy thing. I was being that's where my mind sarcastic. Went. And also, that's horrifying. It's out <laughs> of a nightmare. Um, I was, I was with the lady and, you know, she likes uh, sitting at the bar. Okay. At restaurants. All right. Odd, but okay. Okay. Doesn't make a huge difference one way or the other. The best place to sit at the counter or the bar in a restaurant is the stockyards at like St. Clair and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, best, best barbecue in the entire world and fried chicken. They may have tra- fried chicken and waffles. It's amazing. Anyways, just the, you, even if you just want to get the chicken. Caitlin. Yeah. No free heads. 
You know what? It's delicious. No Anyways, you can see them make everything. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I was just like, yeah, I guess I better get used to this. It's going to be a lot of sitting alone at a... At a bar. <laughs> at a bar. Yeah. For two weeks. Apparently, she, that's all Japan is. We know this from, <laughs> from television shows. And she was kind of like, oh, that kind of makes me sad. I was like, yeah, I'll be so hard done by being like in a crowd of people and nobody bothering me for anything. That'll, that's like your dream. Oh, it's, it's his dream. Y'all. So, Kate. Yes. In addition to that. Yeah. Speaking of organization. So, number one. Yeah. I know I just said no free ads, but I mean... Shouts to the TripIt ad. Ooh, what's or that? TripIt. <gasps> TripIt app for Android. Ooh. Little itinerary planner app. Oh, my God. Start, that's amazing. Yeah, ooh, yeah, she's getting all, she's percolating, <gasps> y'all. Kate. What? You take your confirmation emails, you send it to this, like, dummy email, and it plugs it automatically into the app. Oh, my God. So I just sent my Airbnb confirmation to that email. Boop. Goes in the app. Oh, my God. Pedestrian Sunday. Yeah, man. I'm going to Yogi Park. That's super cool. So that's the one thing. Now, the other thing is I had not considered a travel wallet or a passport holder or anything like that. Yeah. I'm like, that's a waste of money. What am I going to do with that? I'm just keep yeah. my passport in my backpack. You know, there's a little not obvious pocket in there. Like, it'll be fine. Then I keep thinking about how cash-based Japan is. Yeah. And how I'm going to be basically carrying a knot yeah for like two weeks mm -hmm. that was progressively grow smaller yes as the weeks go on there were two i was looking at one is being sold at major canadian retailer okay because they're very much you know major canadian retailer they have to have everything got to have everything and it's more of a pouch which i'm not crazy about because i'm an adult i don't want to carry things in a pouch oh my god is it like a fanny pack it's it's fanny package ace. <gasps> yes, like, it's like when that they tried to make fanny. This is this come isn't back. even it. This is like a this is like a older version of it, but it's basically kind of the same thing. So it's like zippered. Okay. Um, it's less than this. It's only got a. But it doesn't have the fanny pack part. No, it doesn't have a belt or anything. No, I'm not wearing a fucking fanny pack. Well, I was. It's. I mean, really, you could call it a holster if you wanted, but it's a fanny pack. Yeah, but this is basically pack. like. A zipper compartment on one side, some little slots for cards and shit on the other side. Yeah. Now we carry this one at Major Canadian Retailer. Yeah. Which means I can get I can get my discount on it. Yeah. For cheaper. But I'm an adult, so I'm also taken with this one, <sighs> which I will not get a discount on. It's very much just like you know, just a fold. But it's like a billfold. Two slots for cards. Yeah. Put your passport. Third slot for. No. Third slot for bills and notes. No, not required. What, at all or in general? No, that. In general. That's not right. The other one was fine. But you concur that I would need something. Well, I always take... I always take a... Um, a this sounds weird, but a different wallet. I don't carry my passport on me. Mm. I leave it at the Airbnb. Try and find like a secret spot for it. Normally I would, but I have heard that... I don't know that happens often, right. but like... You know, on some Gestapo type shit, like Japanese cops can stop you and ask to see your passport. Like that's just... okay. All right, good to know. Good to know. Um, that's <laughs> yes, a, that's yes. A, Helpful that's tip. A different situation, but yeah. So I would definitely get something like that where you can have everything in one place, but you will be like checking it like mad. 
I always get a different wallet so that it's very, I'm very aware of it because with my usual wallet, it's just my wallet, right? Like I'm pretty responsible. I've never lost it, but it just sort of, you get kind of used to having your wallet where I always want something that's different. So the idea mm. of getting something different so mm. that you're very aware of it and where it is, right? very important. And the other thing I was thinking of is, you know, number one, they're so cash based. Mm-hmm. So like I'm going to be walking around with a giant... I'm going to say how much just in case you all see me in these streets in Tokyo <laughs> in a couple months. Um, you know, a lot. I'll be walking around with a fair bit of money because I feel antsy about leaving, you know, taking out like a daily budget and leaving the rest of the Airbnb. I don't, right. I don't like that idea. Like if I'm walking around with that much money, it's on me at all times. And also we will recall the story about the Ghibli Museum Yeah, where it's like, you don't just anywhere else on earth, go to website email they email you a ticket with a barcode or something right you can add it to your digital wallet on your phone yep cool not japan nope let us email you the, let us mail you in the post a paper keep this paper for four months yeah take the paper to the ticket office give them the paper and get a ticket so weird that was just the ghibli museum <laughs> so weird i'm in the laundromat yesterday looking for uh there's something like digital interactive kind of museum exhibit type thing at mm-hmm. Shibuya Crossing. It took me a while to, rem- to remember. It's called Team Lab or something. Same sort of thing. You know, it's, it's like 40 bucks, but it looks amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm like, but why am I going? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So I started, I started looking at like costs about like before and like when I step off the plane, it's like 300 bucks is flying off me like right. immediately. Train ticket to Tokyo round trip yeah. from the airport. This ticket, my... Presto Suica IC card. Yeah. Type of thing. It's part of traveling. It's part of traveling. <laughs> it great. But that's going to be the same thing. They're going to like fucking either give me something to print out. It's not going to be a ticket. They're going to give me something to like hand over to a ticket office and get an actual ticket. So who knows how many of these fucking eight and a half by 11 white bond paper I'm going to have yeah. like folded up carrying around with me. So. It might actually be A1 in Japan. <laughs> Just a little paper <laughs> there <clears throat> anyways yes so having something like that would be great and the reason i feel more comfortable at this now about this now is because kate yeah something that never happened happened what i talked myself down from a record what? what yeah i did kate so i mentioned before that the new Jibiz, the next new Jibiz reissue was coming out yes at first it was like i had a couple things in my cart including like a negiko seven inch mm-hmm. negiko seven inch went out of print and i was like eh, well and i knew it wasn't even getting released till like next thursday right so this is just a pre-order right it was going to be after shipping like 50 bucks or something to get it here not the end of the world if i could, I could buy it in a store yeah. if i went to a store and it was there it would probably be more than that like after when take shipping in exchange you know how i feel about buying one record all the way from japan to ship it all the way over here yes i don't like it especially since you're going to japan but then, so what I did was I looked at the last Nujibiz reissue, which came out last November. Yeah. And checked, like, the store stock mm-hmm. on the HMV website. Still floating around most places. Okay. So I'm like, okay, okay. I'll roll the dice with that. All right. I said no to a record, Kate. You said, said no you know what? Record. I can pick that up when I'm there. Well, look at you being so responsible. Yeah, for, like, six weeks until I get there. And it's like... It's good practice. Money. It's good practice. <laughs> Come take the foreigner's money, Japan. It's good. It's This is what traveling is about. They need my money. The economy is shrinking. I the know. coronavirus. <sighs> Thanks, Google, for continuing. To, I, I didn't get an update the other day. Good. It's like, oh, my God, things must be cooling down. And then Pops at work was like, 
yeah, all the focus is on Iran right now. And I was like, Iran? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck happened in Iran? <laughs> Meh. Meh. Someone, world. someone had the audacity to suggest that maybe. Maybe. Keep an eye on it. And if it looks bad, you know, promise that you'll consider maybe canceling and going later. No, nah, you're just going to get the coronavirus. It's fine. <laughs> That's what I said. It's just the flu. It's fine. The only people dying are like 80 and in poor health anyway. I'll have a cough for a few weeks. May or for the rest of my life until they get <laughs> until they get a vaccine. I'll be fine. If Timberlake came here and didn't get SARS. It's fine. I'll be fine. Uh, so yeah. Anything else with you? Um, I I have no news. I just have updates. Well, let's hit you with some news real quick. Things that I found that are fun. Uh, Dan Didio, one of the publishers of DC Comics, got fired this week. What? Yep. What? Yep. Didio got fired? No, I'm impressed you know who Didio is, but yes, Didio got fired. Why wouldn't I know who Didio <laughs> she, is? She looks so indignant, y'all. Um, yeah, he got fired, like this week, like but a few days why? ago. why? Uh, according to Bleeding Cool, and the site you love to hate, um, <laughs> it was a uh, for fostering a poor work environment. Oh, no. Um, so, I mean, things we know about Dan Didio in the past, protected... Uh, Superman group editor and Lech Eddie Berganza. It's true. After multiple complaints uh, from other female editors and employees about this dude started coming in and Didio's solution was to move them from Superman. Yeah. Which... Berganza stayed and the women went somewhere else. I remember being really upset about this. I just learned that a book called Final Crisis, which came out ages ago yeah. and had artwork by a guy named J.G. Jones and then suddenly didn't have artwork by J.G. Jones mm-hmm. for the back half of the series... This is only out there on one substantiate on one unsubstantiated allegation. Right. Apparently, he was fucking JG Jones's wife. Oh. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, and perhaps most importantly, under his watch, yeah, Dick, Wally, and Kyle, yeah, always get fucked with. It's true. Do you know what I just learned? What? I had a moment at work the other day. We know how I feel about Wally getting fucked at every conceivable opportunity. Every time and not it's not cool, guys. I grabbed some some book, a new version of like the Omega Man or something. Yeah. Omega Men or something from DC. Look on the back, it's like former White Lantern Kyle Rayner is dead. Seriously? And I started ranting to the most consistent man in the world who I work with. Yeah. About how, like, they always fucking do this. I always fucking with Dick and Wally and Kyle. And he was like, oh, he's not Dick Grayson anymore. He's Rick Grayson. Because he got shot in the head. And he doesn't remember who he is anymore. <laughs> so, Dan Didio. <laughs> kiss my whole asshole. <laughs> and we're glad you got fired. And hopefully nobody gives you a job. <laughs> but you know what else I realized, Kate, on that rant? What? You know who's been responsible for a lot of these slights? What? Who? Tom King. <gasps> Tom King? Oh, God! Oh, God! I'm as alarmed as you were. No. Tom King was writing Detective Comics when Dick got shot in the head. He wrote that Heroes in Crisis Homeboy's a Murderer. No. And I think he might have been writing this Omega Man, too. Tom. Call your mother, Tom. So that's good news wrapped in a tur burrito. Uh, good news that's just good news is uh, Allison Brie mm-hmm. did a Reddit AMA this week. Did she? And as Reddit chuds will do, yeah. asked, what's up with the community movie? Mm-hmm. And Allison Brie said, she got an interesting phone call about that this week. Oh. Left it at that. Huh. Huh. Friends, if you're new, 
six seasons in a movie? If you're new. <laughs> six seasons in a movie. The whole thing with Community is there's a throw-off joke in one episode. I think it's the fake memory episode or the fake flashback episode. Mm. Um, on the beloved by us sitcom community where uh, Abed, the very nerdy character, um, it's a reference to a show nobody even remembers anymore. I'm sure, if you, I'm sure if you watch this re- episode, you wouldn't even know what he's talking about. It was the cape, right? Yeah. yeah. And do you know why like I know? NBC's like attempt at a regular ass superhero show. Do, like, you, do you know why I know why I remember the cape? Oh God, because you were a huge fan of the cape? No, because um, my favorite voice actor and actor of all time, whose, of course, name I can't remember, who played Goliath. Keith David. Keith David. Oh, love Keith David. Was in the cape, well, at least in the pilot of the cape. Keith David was also on the last season of Community. He was. Anyways. Anyway, Abed is very, you know, taken with the cape. He's wearing a cape around campus. Yeah. The cape apparently had powers, like Cloak and da- like cloak from Cloak and Dagger. And he yeah. was like, he like slid the cape and like took our, you know, main heartthrob, Jeff Winger's like cafeteria tray <laughs> off the table. And he's like running off and he yells, <laughs> Jeff yells at him. He's like, show's going to get canceled in three weeks. And Abed just goes, six seasons in a movie. <laughs> So this sort of became the creed de corps of community fans, yes. especially as it got canceled and renewed at the yeah. last minute and moved networks and time slots and all this type of shit. Mm-hmm. And they made it to six seasons. Yes. Like at the last second with like half, half the cast was gone. Yeah. Um, Harmon got fired. The creator got fired. The creator came back. Like just, y'all, there's a lot there. Yeah. When Caitlin nudges me about other books, mm-hmm. that continues to jostle around because that yeah. story is just ridiculous. And so... Never mind the fact that, you know, one of the stars became one of the biggest fucking superstars in the world. Yes. And more celebrated, you know, comedians, actors, writers. Yeah. Emmy, Golden Globe winning people, that being Donald Glover. Um, So I never would have believed it. And I, even with this tease, I don't believe it actually is going to be anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if it is, he's not going to be involved. But it's interesting now with everybody opening their own like streaming shit. That maybe. Motherfuckers need content, right? So yeah. if whoever owns it, whether it's Sony or NBC, maybe it goes to Peacock, maybe it goes to HBO Max, who knows? Like, these people need content. So if, like, if somebody wants to open the fucking money bags to be like, get us the community movie because we're going to take everything back and throw it on this site. Yeah. And they want something to, like, get the nerd demo back onto this service when they're already shelling out for that would be a way to 19 other services. I'll believe it when I see it, but... Hope Springs Eternal, man. If they ever pulled that shit off. Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie. Um, what else do we have out there? The Harley cartoon got renewed before it even finished airing. Yeah, it did. And guess when the new episodes start? When? April 3rd. Actually? Actually. <gasps> this is such good news. I need to talk about it really badly. Okay. Did you finish it? I finished the last, it. Did okay. the last one air today? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I thought the last one... I don't think there was, was one more episode. Actually? I think so. I thought the last episode was the end of the season. With Ivy? Yeah. I think there might have been one that dropped today. Oh. I think it was third. I think they went 13 episodes. Oh. I, th- I think. Pause, friends. Yes, the episode 13, the final joke, <gasps> dropped today as we were as we're recording this. I so. didn't know. So that's what Kate will be watching on her train back. I didn't know. But yeah, it's uh, it got renewed like immediately and apparently... I don't know what technology they're using for cartoons anymore because it seems like, you know, Dragon Prince, She-Ra, Voltron, like, yeah. they all had seasons. Yeah. But the turnaround time was a lot shorter than we were used to. And yes. now they're, like, apparently we're already, like, knee-deep in production for season two. 
well, season one was airing. So amazing. It's a dope ass show. Um, Caffeine is my reckoning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have any more news? Because I desperately need to talk about the things I watched. Um. Well, Caitlin, I only have one more item of note okay. on here, and that is when my life gets ruined next Wednesday when Ultimate Waifu World finally drops. Oh, no. It's pre-order right now on my iPad. Wow. And it's just torture. Just waiting. So it's like a pre-order. Like, maybe it'll drop early. But there's so much good content out there. You can just distract yourself. And I've been watching it, but every so often. I check it. I recently put back uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, which is like a you know, little turn-based RPG, like right. gotcha-based. Yeah. Why don't you tell people what the thing is actually called? Oh, my God. Y'all know what it is. It's they Love Life. What, what if this is their first episode? It's Love Life School Idol Festival All-Stars. Your man wrote a book about rhythm games and got addicted to rhythm games. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Specifically ones with little waifus <laughs> that you gamble for. Yep. So you can build the strongest team. We've decided that in... Um, in Oh, no. Uh, N7, Shepard. Mass Effect? Mass Effect. That um, Garrus is his is Husbando. <laughs> That's what you decided? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And I will fight anyone. Good for using Husbando. I guess yeah. I've used that before, but... I know. I know what Husbando is. She, she knows the terms. Little weeba Jace, look at you. <laughs> look at me. Um, first one I got into was Love Life School Idol Fest. Love, Li- Love Life School Idol Festival? I guess what it was called. Um, yes, they all have ridiculous names. They all have ridiculous names. And this one was just like, it looked like a visual novel. Nothing moved. The next one I got into was Bang Dream Girls Band Party. That is, yes, what that is called. And also, they have chibis. That one, much better game, has chibis, has, you know, fully animated you know character and dialogue scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was always this rumor that forever that they were going to do a love life. They're going to take the love life property and do a game as good as Bang Dream. And this has been out in Japan for like a year. Yep. And now it's finally coming out and it's going to be like, I'm sure when it comes out, I'll spend like an hour talking about it, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's RPG based. It's not just a straight rhythm game. Like, you know, tapping notes, tapping notes. I'm, we're not going to do a podcast anymore. It's just going to, it's going to be Japan planning and this game yeah. and, and the lady and that's it. So that's, that's going to be my life. Yeah. So let's get into some updates. Cause all oh, I got to talk about the mess, Kate. All right, go. Okay. What do you all got? Right. I have to talk about, first of all, okay. Harley Quinn cartoon. So good. It's pretty good. So fucking good. Um, last episode, which I thought was the season finale, I was really disappointed in. I was just, I was kind of devastated. For the ending ending? Yeah. Or? And I was like, fuck y'all. <laughs> like, I was so angry because... She gonna be fine. The Birds of Prey, the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, was fucking amazing. Amazing. Like, so fucking good. I have never felt closer <laughs> to a character in my life. There's going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, just go right now and watch it. Oh, y'all are seeing Sonic the Hedgehog instead anyway. So. You know what? Fuck you. Go <laughs> go see that movie because Sonic's going to be stupid. Um, there hey, is a scene. hey, it's Sonic the Hedgehog and they had him riding a truck for two-thirds of the movie. Well, get him. He rode in a truck, Caitlin. Stupid. Um, it's the fastest creature alive. He rides in a truck. This is going back to why does the Flash need a motorcycle? Right. Anyways, so there is a scene where she gets the perfect breakfast sandwich and it gets destroyed. And it is devastating. I'm going to make you see this movie. (laughs) Make you. All right. I'm going to contact the lady. I'm going to make her take you to it. (laughs) I haven't seen the um, Suicide Squad or... Mm. 
was it Batman versus Superman or any of that. Right. I I didn't even see Aquaman. We know how I feel about Jason Momoa. But this was like, I desperately have to see this movie and I'm so glad I did. It was just fucking phenomenal. And the fact that it is not done as well as they had hoped. Well, actually it has. So there's this big thing about how a movie who had a higher budget that grossed less than Harley Quinn, than Birds of Prey, was basically touted as being like a huge success. And Harley Quinn, with a lower budget and making more money in the first week in the box office, was touted as being a failure. I'll do you one better. I saw on Twitter people screen capping the coverage of Ford v Ferrari when it came out. Yeah, and that's made th- the one. Made thirty million dollars on the same no on the same budget. It made the yeah. same mo- same money on the same budget. Came in number one at the box office that weekend. Yeah, and all the coverage was like Ford v Ferrari races past the competition at the box office. Yeah, Harley Quinn makes you know, Birds of Prey makes thirty million. On a budget of whatever, same budget. Less, less. Comes in at number one. Yeah. Flop, this, that. And the tweets were like, guys, I think I just saw sexism. Like, Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. And it's still doing really, really well. It's actually having, like, a much stronger life. Like any of these movies, it'll have a long tail. It'll, I think they said, with the promotion and everything else, it's got to recoup 300, which is an insane even number to consider and why we get invested on things like this in the first place it's like yeah but it'll make it and it'll be fine and, and it, she's margot robbie and you know there's value in her playing this character so they'll let her do it again if she wants and can i just give a shout i can't remember the actress's name but the actress that plays huntress it's mary elizabeth winstead isn't it that's the Ro- one rona quimby from Scott so Pilgrim. fucking good that character was so well done i can't get over it so good Anyways, I'm probably going to see it again. Um, Or at least watch it as soon as it gets to, like, Netflix or wherever. So that's that. Now, the story about The Lion King. So, in passing YouTube, it was was last weekend or some morning we were getting ready. And Chris put up on, because we have a Chromecast, put up on the TV the, because I was singing it in the shower, the... Like, uh, I can't wait to be king song, Mm -hmm. but from the live action movie, which neither of us have seen, even though we have Disney Plus. And I was like, we both were like, actually, that looks pretty good. John Oliver does a great Zazu. We thought, you know what? Why don't we watch it? And the entire movie, we were like, the original movie was better. Yeah. And not just because of why make, basically The Lion King is a perfect movie. Why make it again? If you're not, you're go- not going to substantially change things. And I love AGF 4 but Jeremy Irons blows him out of the water a scar. There's just no comparison. The whole time, it just fell flat. There's no... He didn't feel like the same kind of villain at all. And I just couldn't believe how much of a difference Jeremy Iron brought to, like, the whole movie, let alone the role of Scar. I know I'm talking about an animated movie, okay? I'm just a big dork. But there were some parts that we liked that they changed that were funny. But other things, we were just, we couldn't get over what the, the, how the voice acting really changed the roles. And the problem is, is it's not really a live action. Yeah, it's it's just a different type of, like... CGI animated action. Mm. So again, don't understand why what the compulsion was. What we were disappointed in was the fact that uh, what's his name uh, directed Iron Man, directed Favreau. Favreau directed it, and we were like, Favreau, what are you doing? You've disappointed us. 
He's focused on the Mandalorian. Well, exactly, right? Yeah, you see the animatronic Baby Yoda? No. Yep. It's like a Furby, but it's Baby Yoda. Yeah. So, like, you know, it coos and its ears move and it blinks and you'll be able to talk to it and stuff. If I rub its ear, will it make a happy sound? Uh, Possibly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't need a baby. I just need a Baby Yoda. Look for that. Riot's at Toy Fair this week for that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and Anything else you watch? Uh, probably. But those are the important things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got to ease you into it. Okay. Finish lock and key. Eh. And? Eh. 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 All right. That's what we kind of said last time. Um, it? yeah. I mean, it... Did it get... Did it continue to get teenagery? A little bit. I mean, yeah. it could have had one... It could have ended there. It could have had one season and ended there and been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure we'll be back next season with more keys to find. Well, why... Why don't people make things uh, just a miniseries? What is what are people's deta- distaste for? Like, take Good Omens, great miniseries. The Watchmen, right? If it doesn't continue, which I hope it doesn't. Homeboy was like, "Yeah, I think that's it." Yeah, I don't think I got any more. I'm like, okay. Um, so yeah, Lock and Key was fine. Uh, Caitlin mentioned it. No, you didn't mention it on mic. You mentioned it off mic, so I will change that. Okay. Uh, I don't want to talk about it too much because Caitlin's probably going to get it in the future, but uh, I had known in passing that there was an allegedly very good documentary on the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. Um, that Showtime of all places had done, uh, and I watched it, and it was, and Method Man is, should be everyone's best friend. <laughs> I want Method Man Just to be general. my best friend. I mean, it's the only thing I'll tease is, like, there's definitely a moment where he's talking about his early life and, like... What does he say? It's like I knew my pops loved me because he was always trying to steal me. Like, oh. his mom like fled with him and the right. other kids. And he's talking about how they like grew up. He spent a lot of time in like basically a battered women's shelter, and how right. he like latched on to like a lot of the other kids that were there. He's like, yeah, there's this kid, there was Ronnie, there was Ronnie, and there was you know Tyson, you know whatever. And he's like, these guys are gonna bug when you see this. I still remember you guys. Like, you know, I hope you're doing all right. You're gonna bug when you see this. I remember you guys. I miss y'all. I'm like. Oh. Like a baby and he remembers these people. <laughs> Method Man, you're the fucking best. Um going to like the fucking Statue of Liberty that he used to work at, like in the restaurant. Really? And like talking to the dude who still owns the restaurant, being like, This is the best job I ever had in my life. Like I'm gonna cry. Method Man, you're the fucking best. Um an interesting one, randomly I started watching something I'd heard about but didn't know if I was ever gonna make any time to watch it, but the person I was with wanted to check it out. Is the uh Hulu remake of High Fidelity. Okay. Have you even heard about this? Yeah. This was a thing that was happening? Starring Zoe Kravitz. I heard, as, I saw a very, like, fast, as I was slipping through things, like, headline that was like, it, they did cool things with it. Mm. So, yeah, it's based on the novel and book of the same name. The novel by, the novel by Nick Hornby was set in, like, the early, early, late 80s, early 90s mm-hmm. in London. John Cusack and his production company making a movie in 2000, I think, which is set in Chicago in that era. Right. And now they have done sort of a gender swap version of the story mm-hmm. uh, starring Zoe Kravitz set in New York, basically about this character. It's always been about a character named Rob who like his, his or her last relationship falls apart mm-hmm. and because they collectors yeah. <laughs> of records yep, uh, and are fanatical you know, they're always cataloging things, mm-hmm. top five, this top five, that. Um, so you know, she charts her top five breakups and ultimately you know wants to figure out why she's always being left right so she's going to go back and like basically go on a closure tour for all of them type of thing right you know one of them her 
you know, sapphic dalliance turns out to like white girls right. and features Zoe Kravitz's take on the, the show Tate lifts a lot of things. Like I know the movie very well. My first, really? Yeah. My, my long-term relationship, love that movie. I loved it myself and I liked the book. So, you know, I, I, I think it was like a Saturday afternoon staple. Like it was just constantly airing. So I just, right. if, if you caught it in the middle, you always watched it. Right. Um, so I know it very well. So there's like, I've never seen it. <laughs> I knew he was going to make that face. <laughs> you made a face guys. Well, I've already, I've already got some, I was thinking about other stuff too. Yeah. Um, Every time I think that the tank is dry, <laughs> things start flooding back, and I'm like, Ooh, "Oh yeah, Ooh. Um, yeah." The classic uh, "Standing in the Rain," Charlie, you fucking bitch, let's work it out. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz says they lift a lot of things kind of directly from the book that I re- or from the first movie that I recognize, but right. they tweak it a certain way. Like there's a classic scene: the movie star John Cusack and Jack Black is the like Jack Black is <laughs> Jack Black type character, um, and there's a scene where a dad. In the movie where the dad wants to buy uh, Stevie Wonder, so I just called to say I love you. And Jack right. Black is like, I will not sell you that record. <laughs> There's no way your daughter wants that. Yeah. That song is terrible. Get out. Um, the take on this one, which right. I loved, is this woman wants to buy her boyfriend a copy of Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. Right. And the Jack Black character, which is um, uh, a black woman. I can't remember the character's name. But she's like, I'm not selling you a fucking pedophile. Like, <laughs> just like, allegedly. <laughs> and... It's like, Rob, we need a we need a ruling on this. And Zoe Kravitz is like, oh, those horns, though. <laughs> it's like, really? They were Quincy's horns? Yeah. They were like, we can deny Quincy's work because the guy was a pedophile? Allegedly. <laughs> so I like that take. Uh, it's basically, I was listening to Chris and Andy talk about the show. And Andy was like, I always understood that I should like Zoe Kravitz. And I did, but I never knew why. Right. Because if you only saw her on, like, Big Little Lies, which I haven't, or, like, mm. Mad Max, like, what would you really know her from? Right. I mean, she was kind of out there as being Lisa Bonet's daughter. Her mother was in the High Fidelity movie, which is kind of awesome. Now she's playing the main really character cool, yeah. in the TV show. Um, You just kind of, like, she, and I feel feel the same way. It's, like, always well-liked, but I didn't know why. And then right. you see her in this, and you're like, oh, you're just a fucking cool-ass chick, and you get to spend, now I get to spend, like, you know. How many episodes? I think it's 10, maybe. 10 episodes. No, I get her. to spend like 10 hours with you just yeah. being cool and hanging around New York. So so that's dope. Friends, you don't want to hear about any of that. You want to hear about something I got roped into. I feel like many of you have been roped into. Caitlin doesn't even know what I'm talking about I don't, yet. I just know it's a trash She's going to be disgusted if she's come across this yet that I'm watching this. Oh, Friends, no. yeah. we got to talk about Love is Blind. What is this? You don't know? I don't know. So Netflix, I saw an article on The Ringer that posited that Netflix is trying to, has, has skillfully, to a certain extent, had it both ways for a lot of, for a while. Okay. Where you can have, like, your prestige shows and your trash shows. You, know, you have yeah. The Ranch on one side. Right. And Mindhunter on the other. Right. You know, you have your prestige show. You have, that's, this is the example they use. You have Stranger Things on one side. Yeah. Which is the pop pulpy version of Dark, which is on the other side, right? Just a very serious German take on a lot <laughs> very of the same, serious. a lot of the same sort of themes, right? And now they've kind of been doing that with their reality offerings. You can have Chef's Table or yes. Salt Acid Fire Heat on yeah. one side, and nailed it. The global franchise of nailed it. I did not know there were like seventeen versions of nailed it on Netflix. <laughs> Amazing. Spain, France, England. Really? Oh yeah, there's a shit ton wow. of nailed it. Um, and they've just started been kind of reaching out, and they're like. Okay, let's go garbage with it. Mm-hmm. So, the first one was The Circle, which I've not seen any of. Right. Which is where people only communicate. People in a house only communicate through social media. I think uh, Britain 
obviously. Yes. The British always do it first. Um, they, they did them at the same time. I think I read, Ooh. I read or heard on a pod that they did it at the same time. Um, there's like one house and they just kept <laughs> filtering. There's one circle house and like they did America for two weeks and then they flew in some British people and they did that for two weeks. So Love is Blind, hosted by Nick Lachey and his wife. Okay. Is posited as an experiment. Okay. An experiment. Can we prove that Love is Blind? So you take like, you know, 12 blandly attractive dudes who all look like dudes I worked at Canadian Tire with right. back in the early aughts. Yeah. And a dozen blithely vapid yeah. women. Yeah. And then make them have conversations with each other in pods and they can't see each other oh. and they just have conversations and they build these really like emotional connections with each other. Yeah. Soup's emotion, Kate. Yeah. Just super emotional. Yeah. That would be fine if that's all it was. Yeah. Not nah, Kate. They're getting married. What? They're all getting married, I'm Kate. I'm sorry. What? All of them? Not all of them. So about six couples, I think. Yeah. Uh, decide they want to propose to somebody. You didn't have to. If it wasn't clicking, your ass just goes home. Thanks for coming out. Right. No more TV time for you. But if you decided that there was someone in there who you haven't seen in person, you've just had conversations with, that you want to spend the rest of your life with, you can do that. Good thing divorce is legal now. So, the hottest mess. Yeah. One couple... Nobody's going to care about. They may actually even work out just because they're so, like, boring. Okay. Uh, there's an interracial couple, which are also kind of boring. Okay. But there's potential there. Right. Um, there was one couple that broke up already. Oh, okay. Because he was, uh, he considered himself sexually fluid, like he's dated dudes before. It was a black couple, and, you know, that was the big, like, ooh, ooh, he's dated dudes, so maybe he's been with a dude. Right. But she gets real, like... No, you lied to me. This isn't who you said you were. It's like, I'm just trying to be truthful for you. As she throws a drink in his face and storms off, like, oh my God. Messy. Wow. So, yeah. And they sent them. So, and there's Jessica. <laughs> okay. There's one woman named Jessica. Yeah. When it starts off, everyone's kind of enamored with this guy, Barnett, who's like your fucking frat, whatever right. dude. Okay. Always making sexual jokes, type of thing, you know? Yeah. Every girl's kind of like, I like Barnett. He made me laugh type of thing. Yeah, Barnett's who you bang after the bar. Like, nobody's getting married to Barnett. <laughs> right. Um, but this Jessica woman is really kind of, like, into him. And it seems like he wants to propose to her, but he doesn't. Right. And he ends up proposing to this other chick. And she proposes to this, like, 20... She's 34. She proposes to a 24-year-old. Oh. And then they take everybody and put them in the same place in Mexico. To, like, get to know each other and bang it out because that's all they're doing because they talk about it all the fucking time. Right. Especially Barnett because right. guy made, like, a fucking raw dog joke standing at a bar. Yeah. Standing at the bar with all the other couples. And you can tell this Jessica chick is just unraveling, though, because she does not want this Mark guy that she's with. And the Mark guy is so sweet puppy oblivious. Like. Oh. Like. This sounds like a trash fire. And now. Now. Netflix is fucking genius. They're dropping four episodes at a time over three weeks. Oh. So it's like 16 episodes or something, but they're dropping them. Yeah. A week, you get four episodes. So I inadvertently started watching this with the woman. Yes. The lady. The lady. And now she's like, do not watch. We are watching this together. <laughs> Which I may have a hot take about that later on, about the whole like people holding content hostage to watch together. Excuse me. 
Nah. Excuse finger, me. Finger wag. Don't fi- finger wag. take your finger and you, put, you know where you put your finger. Finger wag. Um, so it's just killing me because <laughs> like Twitter's already been, Twitter and Instagram have already been like, what is happening? Because now they're going back. They're <gasps> moving in, Kate. What? They're moving in. They're moving in. What? Yes. I mean, I'm never going to watch this, but I definitely want you to tell them the updates. Like, Jessica and Mark are going to move. What? No. Terrible. Mess. Mess. It's like The Bachelor, but like with zero illusions about what it actually is. Like, I think The Bachelor. Tries to pretend. Knows it. It gives it like that rose filter from the 80s. Like, The Bachelor knows what it is, but tries to pretend it isn't that. Yeah. Or tries to make you believe it isn't that, but we're all in on the on the mess type of thing. Yeah. This is just like, y'all motherfuckers like mess? Yeah. Here's some mess. So that capped off my weekend last weekend, and most of it was spent watching terrible Hallmark movies. Valentine's-themed Hallmark movies. You know what I saw for Valentine's? Hmm. Uh, Birds of Prey. Because <laughs> I'm amazing. You didn't get to see that uh, that movie where Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years plays a, plays a wedding planner? Didn't do any of that. The only remotely famous person I recognized in any of these. Because you're old. One dude was a helicopter pilot for a hospital. And she was the hospital administrator. <clears throat> they got together, Kate. I'm sure they did. <laughs> ah, Y'all. Yeah. Beefy. Yes. Always is. Always is. Take a break right here. And when we come back, Geek Down Comic Club in effect. Yeah. And talk about some funny books. We'll get into that after this break. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the back half of the show. This is the part of the program where Kate and I talk about the things we brought each other. That's right. We're going to be zipping through it today because mm-hmm. Splody Utes over here has got to... <laughs> Amazing. It's got to hit the road before she collapses on my floor. It's true. So, but we do it for you. Yeah. Before we do that, though, we got some rules. We do. The first rule being the rule of three. It comes in installments, parts, what have you. Give it three of those installments. Yes. Give it a chance to be what it's going to be. Applicable on both sides of the aisle this week. Because yep. they were funny books. They are funny books. Um, the second rule is, hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing until you're in front of these microphones. Like, seriously. If you want stale takes, we've been over this. It's your business. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. But it doesn't matter how old the item is. No. The takes are piping fresh. Because we don't talk about the thing before we're sitting in front of these microphones. I think we have one super new thing and one kind of old thing this yeah, week. Yeah. But they're both relevant. Both relevant. Yeah. And. And. Twisty turny. Twist, very twisty turny. Because they're single, you know, they're serialized comic books. You got to. Keep it going. Keep, the, keep that plot moving. Up, up, up. Uh, third rule, which isn't really a rule. It's more of a policy is that there will be spoilers. All them, all them. Twisty turny bits. Twisty turns we just mentioned. We're going to talk about them. Yep. So if you haven't read either of these things, go out and read them. Get the fuck. Well, yeah, read them first. But it's so easy. They're both on Hoopla, man. You can read them for free with the library card. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. But like, nicely. <laughs> always nicely. Yeah. We like to alternate. So we're going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me. Yes. So, um, I sometimes troll through, like, things that are good this year. <laughs> <laughs> or I might like if I liked... X, Y, Z. Um, so I, I found this. And then 
I had asked Jordan to pick up a copy of this. You at, had, At yes. Christmas. And he mentioned, he's like, I've never read Skyrim. What the hell is that? And like all these things I had read that he hadn't. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'll give him Skyward. Um, so uh, Skyward is a, unfortunately it doesn't have like a Wikipedia write-up. So Image Comics tried. I, the person who wrote this write-up has not read the comic. I'm just going to put that out there. Get people who've read the comic to do the write-ups. Um, so basically the premise is one day on Earth, the gravity suddenly became like the fraction of what it is now. Softens a yeah. bit. Everyone basically floats up into the sky. And at the, the first little bit of the comic is basically this dude who, like, wife has gone out running and she just, like, disappears up into the sky. Apparently this happens to millions of people mm. and they die because once you go high enough up, there's no oxygen and you freeze to death. Yep. Um, 20 years later, um, humanity has adapted to its new low gravity reality and to Willa Fowler, who is this the gentleman in the first, like, bit, his daughter... Um, uh, who was born right before this this G day, um, is well, she, she kind of cool. She's she's a courier in this low gravity environment. She loves it, um, and she can fly through the air. So like, who wouldn't? Um, you can also die if you again, like we said, if you go too high because there's nothing to grasp onto. Um, there's no way to get back down once yeah, you you're get not, far enough. You're up. not gonna like swim your way back to no. back to Earth. Type of thing. Um, so. Uh, basically her father is this like shut in who's terrified of the world without gravity, will not leave the house. Um, and she, in a bid to sort of like help him, reaches out to an old friend who is now like a multimillionaire, um, who's sort of made money off of the fact that there's no gravity. Um, and you do find out through the, the first, um, volume that her father was one of the people who like... Invent, had something to predicted do, it. Yes, had something to do or predicted this low gravity or slow gravity. But this was a thing that could happen for some reason. Yeah, and worked with this guy. So she thought maybe seeing an old friend might be able to snap him out of it. Um, instead, what happens is it like sets off basically um, them trying to murder her and her father. And because this guy is worried if gravity comes back... Um, Cool, because he's built a financial empire profiting off yeah. of the current state of the world. That Willa's dad thinks he's got a fix yeah. for it. And, and basically he's... Homeboy's not going to let that happen. Yeah, he's going to try and stop it no matter what. Um, and hilarity ensues. Um, <laughs> sure. Not so much hilarity, but definitely action, adventure. And uh, she sort of decides she's going to set out in the world and figure out how to get gravity back. Um, and that's sort of where it ends at the, the the end of the first volume. I'm guessing you read the first volume. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the art... Oh, here. Sorry. Let me give you who, who <laughs> wrote it. Um, the guy who wrote it is not, from what I understand... I, this is the first comic, I think. Yeah. His name's Joe Henderson. Um, he's worked on a bunch of stuff. Um all like basically tv um he is the showrunner for lucifer on netflix um he's the, he was the producer on white collar and graceland and almost human um and uh he's actually at the moment turning skyward into a motion picture for sony that's how you you don't write novels anymore you make graphic novels there's more there's more rights you get to hold on to yeah. i've heard that that really? it's like a thing yeah because you have character designs you have the visual look it's mm-hmm. all established you own all that so that's cool more pie for you writers and also the i loved the art in this in this 
graphic novel. Like, Shout him out. Who is it? Um, it's Lee Garbett and Antonio Fabella. Um, but just absolutely beautiful. Um, I guess there's a lot you can do with that sort of world um, as far as like having low gravity. Um, and they've just done some really beautiful, cool things with physics and loved it. But enough about me. Jordan, what did you think? I think when you asked me to grab you a copy of this for a major Canadian retailer, it yeah. may have been filed in 9 to 12 or teen or something. It was right. not in the general graphic novel section. Right. And, you know, a lot of the other things you were asking me for that day were like books for all ages, books for kids, teens, stuff yeah. like that. So I think I grabbed this and I had to flip through and I went like, eh, kid book, you know, whatever. <laughs> Very pleasantly surprised by this. Yay! This was, this was really, really good. Um, there's, it's not as like... You know, there have been other things that we have encountered where, like, the world has been sketched out better, per se. And maybe yeah. you'll see more of that as you go along, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, really, we always talk about give things three parts. The first trade, or the first five issues of a comic, that's yeah. really, really like one part. It's like, right. that's the pilot, yeah. basically. You get through one little story arc that really sets up where things are going after that point. Um, but there were enough things there that I just, you know. We talked about this before with The Expanse, where it's like, you just see something. It's like, I like how that makes sense. Right. Um, because, you know, you have, well, of course, the rich people want to act like nothing. Ever happened. Nothing ever happened. And, you know, it's just a, she crashes some party to try and meet the rich dude. And there's a tossed off comment, that piece of background dialogue mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I'll put a dome over the city. We campaign on it every year, but it's never going to happen. Like, right. Because there are you know rich people with mag boots who like continuing to live on the ground yeah um and the fact that you know for her friend the kid with no legs yeah he loves it oh yeah (laughs) um and that's again y'all you can get diversity into your works without making it a thing i just thought that was such a genius move to be like this guy you you can have somebody differently abled yeah and have him be a major part of your book and not make his, you know, scare quote disability like a thing. I just thought that was like a real genius way to do that. Um, there was a really striking two page spread of like all the people and things like that are up there in the stratosphere that have just kind of like stalled out there. Just like all these, this sea of corpses basically in, in the upper atmosphere. Um, I love the fact that the, so basically what happens is in the first scene, homeboy you know willa's dad his wife goes out for a jog the shit starts happening he realizes he's like looking at his coffee and he's like oh holy shit it's actually happening and he's like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> he goes outside and his wife is floating up and as he's going to reach for her he hears the baby cry right and he turns to go save the baby and that's where his wife ends up floating away by like you know your big reveal in like issue six or whatever is like no he kind of forced majority it where yeah like he was scared, so he ran. He was like, you would have been fine. You were inside. Right. In a room with the windows closed. You just would hit the ceiling. Like, yeah. It would have been fine. But I panicked because I didn't want to go outside. Yeah. And that's what's made him like this, you know, shut-in. reclusive shut-in the whole time. Uh, storms, dope. Yeah. So think about what rain would be like if there was no gravity. <laughs> just a floating ocean moving through the sky. Yeah. <laughs> kind of wild. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this just went down real easy. I've read it, like, this morning before we recorded. Yeah. Like, just burned through that first trade like nothing. And I know the second trade is out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll probably be getting to that. That, too. Like Kate said, artwork is gorgeous. Never heard of this guy before. Yeah, so good. Um, there's 
it's interesting, and you can compare this to Ex Machina, perhaps, but, like, from everything I know about the image publishing model, yeah, and this was true, you know, this was most true when you would hear stories about Walking Dead in its early days, where it's like, you don't know, there's no guarantee how much time you're going to get right. on these, because sometimes, you know, the callback is always, yeah, I know Kirkman always said, like, he would have liked Shane in the comic to live longer, right? but he knew he had to get this beat down. That first year of Walking Dead, you don't know how much time you're going to get. So there's things maybe you have to do earlier that you would have liked to save for later. But because right. of the way indie books are set up, sometimes that affects how things affects how things go. And I did feel like there were facts in this arc that you could have stretched out over like right. another two books, absolutely, um, without losing anything. Yeah. But it it made me wonder if that you know comparing it to Ex Machina, which we're going to talk about in a minute, which I think was under the umbrella of a major publisher and probably had more time. To, to... Had a guarantee of more time to play with yes. and to stretch those mysteries out a little bit. Yeah, this was like, hey, yeah, um, I knew gravity was gonna, I knew gravity was gonna fail. I think I can fix it. Um, I'm gonna save you now and make up for the fact that I lost your mom and get my redemption. And now you're fine. And uh, please save the world, Willow. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, there is definitely like a speed to it. Um, that's... It's it's not total whiplash. Like yeah. I didn't, I I didn't, I didn't notice it, but it wasn't distracting. Yeah. Um, yeah, not kid. This was, this was aces. Like, Thanks. and I haven't had a good, I haven't had a good comic read in a in a while. So great. Shouts to everyone, everyone involved here. It was a, I don't know if it's, I don't know what the, you know, critical temperature of this book is, but it's got a pretty uh solid. I saw the back cover. Mm-hmm. Like people we like. Yeah. Jeff, like Le, it. Jeff Lemire, Charles Soule, like all them folks, are on the back giving it the props. So yeah. Shouts to this. Like I said, that first trade. Two trades are out, um, or get it from your library for nothing. For nothing. It's right there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably, God, it's probably a nine. What? That's amazing. So excited. That's good. I just, yeah, I just, I just really, really dug it and was like, oh, I'm going to keep. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to read the next trade. Like, yeah. it's just a given. Cool. Dope shit. Amazing. So, moving on, I think I had the same sort of thought process as Kate. Like I had a hard time coming up with something at first. Right. And I hit up Mr. Malash and I was like, man, what did we like? Like yeah. what comics did we like? And it was like, oh, I think, you know, I think she's read, I think she's read preacher. I think she's read Sandman or knows enough of it. You mm-hmm. know, she knows all that stuff. You know, she reads saga, obviously she read paper girls. Like she yep. read all that stuff. Um, read monstrous, you know, mm-hmm. read die. Read, and it's like, fuck what's left. And Mr. Malash, you know, pointed out the obvious and was like, well, you just talked about it. She ever read ex machina. And I went, no. I have not. She has not. So, uh, as as I mentioned before, because it's gotten a was it TV or movie? I don't remember what they're doing, but I, I, it's getting an adaptation. Probably TV. I could not see this getting just a movie adaptation. Um, so this is it's going to be called the, the the adaptation is going to be called the Great Machine, but the book is called Ex Machina. It was it ran for fifty issues and four specials. It was written by Brian K. Vaughn. A who we love and MVP of this program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy writes Saga. What else do you need? He also wrote Why, Why the Last Man and Paper Girls and Runaways and Ugh. Pride of Baghdad. Like, oh, so good. <laughs> I wish I could have wrote Pride of Baghdad. He, he good is He's what so is good. what we sing. And was drawn. Also, like, stop devastating me. Also, <laughs> maybe. And was uh, illustrated in its entirety, pretty much, by a guy named Tony Harris. Um, so the series details the life of Mitchell hundred, also known as the great machine, the world's first and only superhero who in the wake of his actions on nine 11 is elected mayor of New York city. 
The story is set during Hundred's term in office and interwoven with flashbacks to his past as the Great Machine. Through this, the series explores both the political situations Hundred finds himself in and the mysteries surrounding his superpowers. It came out on DC. I think technically it's considered a Vertigo book now, but it was not at the time of its release. It was uh, under Wildstorm, which was Jim okay. Lee's Jim Lee's kind of house boutique label mm-hmm. uh, at the time. Um, Vaughn has said that the comic was, quote, born out of my anger with what passes for our current political leadership. And that would have been in like 2004 or five. <laughs> when this book came out. Yeah. Uh, yes, it ran from 2004 to 2010. Vaughn has admitted to seeing the series as a means to explore real world contemporary politics as well, but states that discussing themes overtly is not something he prefers. Right. Um, so I think actually I came to this book, not for Brian K. Vaughn. I don't think I really knew what Brian K. Vaughn was up to at that point. Right. Um, Tony Harris was the draw for me. Interesting. Because the son of the owners of my, our LCS, shouts to Border City Comics, if you're still around. Cool. Owned by a married couple and their son, Tim, who was older than Mr. Malash and I. Like any sort of collecting thing, sometimes you know you start getting the things you want, yep. you start filling those gaps, and you got to move on to something else. You got to see what the next one is. So you'd be like, Tim, what are you? In? What were you into? Tim got me up on Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol and right. all these other things, and he said, "Well, actually, my favorite book is Starman." And I went, "Huh? Huh? Starman was a sort of like in the tradition of the Sandman, sort of a, taking a Golden Age, you know, Justice Society type character yeah. and putting contemporary spin on it." I think it was all written by James Robinson and drawn by Tony Harrison was basically about this guy. Great look for the nineties trench coat goggles, his little rod thing that he flew and zap stuff with. (laughs) Uh, Ultimately from him came star of star and stripe right later on. Yeah. Um, Was it just star? Miss star, Liberty star. I don't know. Anyway, she got the rod now and crazily enough, we could say Starman for another day, but he's kind of been left alone ever since, which never happens in comics. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a weird angle where a supervillain, like, kind of drugged him and raped him and had his baby. Oh. And he then left to ra- raise the baby. That's where we last saw Jack, I think his name was. Oh. Raising his baby. Giving the rod to Star and doing whatever. Anyway, I was like, oh, Tony Harris got a new book. I dig him. Yeah. This guy's writing Why the Last Man. He's supposed to be pretty good. Let me read this. And I got through that first issue and went, okay. <laughs> um... It's a weird book in his canon. It is weird. So, I mean, not for the reason you might think. <laughs> I'm a layback in the cut, like said, like I said in the in the description. It's like the West Wing with occasional flashes of super yeah. heroics and yeah. mystery and things like that. It's not mm-hmm. super action packed per se. There's a lot of people talking about stuff, yeah, and issues. We're gonna talk about this. Okay. What? When did this come out? 2004. Wow. Still so like apt for like shows you how much changes yet doesn't change should be mentioned politically hundred mentions a few times his background is he was a civil engineer yeah i guess i'll give the origin of him he was a civil engineer he gets called by the marine unit of the cops they found something glowing under the brooklyn bridge Mm -hmm. it explodes in his face and now he has like the preacher voice of god for like machines yeah like when my mic shorts out just now he could be like work hey stop fucking around yeah and the mic would work yeah Anything mechanical, guns, you can tell them to jam, and they will. He kind of gets some thing that looks like a circuit in the side of his face, right? And he can talk to uh, he can talk to machines, yeah. But his background is, you know, as a civil engineer, yes. So, as he says at one point in the book, like it's not about like he's a realist, yeah. He's not he's not a conservative, or. He doesn't consider himself a conservative or a liberal. He's just like... He's an independent. This is what it is. Yeah. He ran as an independent. Yeah. Um, 
this is this is what it is because there's one. I don't know if you got to this point where they're talking about like school vouchers, like paying. No, I only did, did the first three issues. He's having a you know having a talk with the with his deputy mayor, who's a black man, and mm-hmm. it's like you know your suit floats the idea of school vouchers, which is like paying black parents to send their kids to private school type of thing. Right. It's like so basically we're abandoning our own public school system, and it's like I don't like yeah like the facts are there. Right. The students thrive in these situations. Like mm-hmm. that's just what it is. Like. Yeah. Um, which in a political system does not always work as we see with Bernie and whoever else currently right now to try to drop facts and facts don't really, facts don't really work. Sometimes they work. Anyway, we're not really here to talk about politics. We're here to talk about this book. Yeah. Kate. Yeah. How'd you feel about this? Uh, this was a really interesting book. Um, there are, it, it does a really good job, I think, of splicing the like, everyday politics Mm -hmm. with superhero stuff (laughs) and again like not it's you it's not really focused on the time when that he spent as the great machine no it focuses on his time in office but has to sort of go back and reflect because that's why he's in office right is because really his stint as a superhero did not go well until the very end which was he saved the second plane going into the second tower yes Uh, or he didn't he just stopped it um didn't stop the first one so at the very end of the first issue there's a very like beautiful like land um what's it called uh splash page landscape cityscape cityscape where there's skyline skyline there we go there's still one tower and then there's the light like like they have now um, and that was really like evocative and you're like, oh, I see. Um, and so really that's, that's why he gets into the office, but he goes into office for all the good, the right reasons. He wants to help. Um, he wants to do what's right. And it's him trying <laughs> in this very like wild world of politics, trying to do his best. Um, and a lot you can't control, like how people perceive you mm. and perceive situations. Um, and that's a lot of it as well. Um, in the third issue, they have this huge, like, crisis where basically they find out that an artist that they sponsored to make art for an exhibit um, basically has put the N word over top of Abraham Lincoln in a painting. Yes. Of course. And the, Bur- the Brooklyn Museum is having a 30 under 30 yeah. exhibit. The Brooklyn Museum is funded by the, the mayor's office yes. and some, some local government office type of thing. So it's technically them who paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, who paid for this? We, 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 we paid for it? Yeah. And also there's a moment where he asks a really relevant question, which is, is the artist who mm. painted this white and she is and she it's also she's awful she's white and she has dreads yes and you only see it in like a like a tiny background photo like it's not you never get to meet her in that third issue you just see this picture oh you didn't get that no i was reading the trade and i think the trade divvied up the chapters a lot differently um Um, but it just you're just like oh shit at the same time the characters are like oh shit and they just like absolute firestorm like it's just all over the news um and it's sort of like how do you fix that problem well meanwhile somebody's 
killing oh, yeah. snowplow drivers and sanitation workers at the <laughs> yes. same time during a blizzard. Yes. There's also that. <laughs> um, so there's all these things and, and then there's the day-to-day stuff, right? Like the fact the roads are still a mess. Like the fact, you know, there's still crime. Like the fact, you know, all of the other bits and pieces. Um, so it's, it is the West Wing, basically. Um, but yeah, there's like this speckle of of superhero stuff and him having like a big there's a bigger mystery both of because at this point you don't know what the power like how he got his powers right and he's not allowed to talk to anybody about it and um also this what seems to be some sort of serial serial killer um who may have a link to him from the past um so there's all these mysteries that make you go hey i'd like to read more and that's what Brian K. Vaughn does. Mm-hmm. He makes you want to read the next issue. I think I called him the motherfucker once in yeah. regards to Saga because yeah. it's like you get to that moment. Yeah. You get to that end of a issue. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you motherfucker. Because like for me especially and for you maybe as well, like, you know, we read a lot of stories. We have a basic understanding of plot and structure and things yeah. like that. And you just go, oh, fuck it. of course. Yes. Of course that's what yeah. you would do given everything that's come before. Of course that's the pin you put in it yeah. to like mm, just squeeze him to want to keep reading yeah but you never see it coming when he does like no, no. he's very good at that so um the first issue of course ended with that that i was talking about that skyline um mm. which was very like very much like a punch to the guy oh, yeah. and then the last two the endings were just not just people dying i don't mean it that way but like I think the third issue where there's, like, basically the sanitation worker, like, puts the key in the truck and it explodes is quite a big deal um, because it's obviously something has – it's raised the bar, right? It's not just someone getting shot. It's this explosion. Hmm, An escalation. Um, An escalation, exactly. Um, So I really want to know more about the story because, Brian, you did a good job. Um, And the art's really interesting. It's a lot of – Okay, two things about the art, or, or at least one about the character design, one about the art. Character design is fantastic. These are, like, real-looking people. Mm. You know, you've got, like, um, people who are chubby, people who are tall, people who, you know, have weird faces. Like, <laughs> it, they're not in, – in Skyline, everyone's sort of, like, smooth and beautiful, right. whereas this you feel like they're real people. Um, the – uh, the faces though they have such an expression to them, um, and that's done really well. Yeah, he's he's really kind of on par with a guy like Kevin McGuire who did that Justice League book yes. I gave you years ago. That's like it wasn't years ago, was it? No, it wasn't. Like a year and a half or whatever. Not even a year and a half. Oh God. Yeah, I know. No sense of time. Um, where like you can hear a voice. Mm-hmm. It's assisted by the expression that Harris has drawn, right? Yes. Like you can. You can see that, and of course, this is Brian Kavon dialogue, really kind of like going full steam. It's a real yeah. word. It's a real wordy book for him. Like, there's a yeah. lot of discussions, a lot of walk and talks happening. A lot of walk and talks. Um, but yeah, it's it's the dialogue's really great. It goes with the expressions, and and there are very like, a, they have a lot of expression, more so than I think I'm used to seeing in mm. things. Um, but yeah, really well done. So I'm gonna give it like an eight. Don't you love those episodes, kids? I do. I do. They just make me happy. Everybody likes everything. Yeah. Everybody's happy. No, they don't. They love it when you hate things. They do love it when we hate things. They also love it when I hate things. (laughs) 
They might love it more when you hate things. Because it's most of the time I'm just like, it's good. It's great. It's great. You going to stick with it or? Yeah, I'm going right. to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it too. Because here's the thing. Right. I never finished it. Oh. I was buying it month to month, right? Like I was buying singles right. when I was still collecting comics. And this was in probably the mid or just past the midpoint of its run. The old days. When I was like. I need to cut expenses. Right. I'm moving to Kingston. Yeah. Comics is going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I never I never ended up finishing it. I know, like, the last, like, bam, mm-hmm. like, the last punch yeah. of the last page. Yeah. Um, where you see where he is while he's been telling this story. Right. Because it's all, like, he's talking to someone. That's yeah. Like, you don't see it again, really. Mm-hmm. But the opening page is, like, he's talking about you know, this fucked up time of his life type of thing. Um. So, yeah, there's a lot... I remember seeing this fearsome guy that they talk about occasionally right? Um, in the early issues and then getting a couple specials that involved his battles with him. But I don't know how that ever ended up. I don't know what the final reveals were or any of that. So oh. it's sitting on Hoopla. Fantastic. It's the end of the month. Look at that. I'll burn through the rest of my borrows for this month and then just roll it right on over and fantastic. keep on, keep on. Yeah. The moral is get a library card, y'all. It is, actually. That's what we should do free advertising for. The library. That's the only thing we're doing. No no free clout except for the Toronto Public Library. Yeah, or Hamilton Public Library. Or your local public library. Yeah, just go over. Give them, give them a shout out. Be like, hey, guys. Shout out your library to us, friends. Yeah. Do it via your social medias. Get above Twitter. We would love to retweet your library mentions. Ab- absolutely, we would. We will shout out every library on earth. Yep. Friends. We'll be back next week yep. for a book club. Don't know what it is yet. When I do. He's going to let me know. I'm going to let Kate know. And I'll let the rest of y'all know too in case you want to get some reading on. And join us for that discussion next week, which we hope you will do so, friends. We appreciate and love you. The fact that you spend your time with us truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope you will join us next week for another fantabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Something to break. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Shameful moments for those of you who make it to the end of the episode. Jordan and Mr. Malosh once went to the first Family Values tour, which yeah. featured Ramstein, yep. Ice Cube, yep. the reason we went, <laughs> Limp Biscuit, yeah. and Corn. Yeah. That was my dream when that's I was a, in junior high. That's a thing I went to. I went to Ozfest. Nice. <laughs> which one? Uh, oh, God. I, it must have been the one. Maybe the summer before high school. Uh, it was supposed to be like who headlined. It was Ozfest, dummy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, though, like Lincoln Park was there. System of a Down. Um, God, so many people. It's a good year. We saw so many bands. See, you didn't know that about your girl. Yeah. Aren't you happy you listened all the way to the end? I used to wear like spiked choker, spiked bracelets. Y'all, now I'm happy I listened all the way. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of black. Yeah, it was great. I went to so many concerts when I was in junior high and then like high school a little bit. And then by the time I got to my 20s, I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. I can't stand here for three hours being crushed by sweaty people. This is gross. Yeah. This is why I go to like um, Fleetwood Mac where everyone sits. It's <laughs> like my dream. Yeah. Enjoy the music. Everyone sits. And That's why they're sit. Sit. Fucking stand. I'll stab you in the knees. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat>